Whether you're with us for the first time this morning, we're really glad you're here. Oh, that's doing that again in here. Is that better? All right. Uh, we're really glad you're here. We're, uh, I hope that you've enjoyed worshiping God with us. I hope that it's uplifted you somehow. Uh, if, if, you, if this is not your first time here, but you've been coming a lot, and this is really uplifting you and um, hoping and, and, and uh, impacting your week and growing you closer to God, please don't keep that to yourself. Please invite a friend. Please share what you found here or share what you found with God uh, with, with others. I, uh, make sure that, all right, am I on here? Yes, there we go. All right, I, I'm about to say the word spirit a lot in this sermon. I'm going to say the word spirit many, many times, and actually for the rest of the year, I'm going to be saying the word spirit quite a bit. Uh, so I have to offer a disclaimer, or at least maybe a clarification. When I say spirit, when I say Holy Spirit, I mean this. Jesus, the Son of God, and might as well be God himself, making himself present with us, with us individually, and with us as a community. That's what I mean when I say spirit. That the Holy Spirit is alive and active and working and present in our day-to-day life and in our day-to-day existence as a church. The Holy Spirit doesn't just work in us individually. It works in us collectively. Now, the reason I have to say this, the reason I even have to make a clarification at all, is that we live in a very scientific age. Over the last 200, 300 years, uh, we have learned more in, through science and through the study of nature and the study of the human body than, than we've ever learned throughout the rest of history combined. So we, we have a lot of knowledge scientifically from studying and evaluating things. But one of the things that happened is uh, along the way, we started to demiracalize the Bible. That's not a word. But it, you understand what I mean. We started pulling the miracles out of the Bible. And in subtle ways, we wouldn't let miracles happen. In subtle ways, we'd say uh, Jesus would calm the storm. And you'd hear sermons about Jesus calming the storm. And then the, the application is, Jesus can calm the storms of your life. Well, there's something fantastic happening there. But what we turned all the miracles in the Bible into these, uh, these little life lessons that we can learn from. Jesus fed the 5,000. See, Jesus can offer you whatever you need. But there's a miracle that just happened, and we should celebrate it, and we should uh, be excited about it, but sometimes miracles make us nervous. A blatant way we went from miraculous, uh, maybe even... Supernatural is probably not the right word if you're following me when I say supranatural. Um, that's probably a better word. But if you're not, you can say supernatural. That's fine, too. Uh, we went away from the, the supernatural to the, um, to the tangible. One of the ways we did that is we took the Holy Spirit and we made him the Bible. Made it the Bible. Made the Holy Spirit the Bible. And we'd say the only way... Spirit exists is it exists in the pages of Scripture. It's not just our movement that's done this. It's quite a lot of movements that have done this. And this is an awful way to live, and we'll find out why as we go through the rest of the sermon. 
if, this, if for you the Holy Spirit had been shoved in the Bible, I don't think that you are condemned forever because you believe that, but I do believe that you're not living out in the spirit, a, a Spirit-filled life like Jesus has called us to. I think you are capable of so much more than what you are doing right now. So, that's what I mean when I, mean, when I say Spirit. Spirit is Jesus. If, a great book by, on this is uh, Spirit for the Rest of Us by uh, Tim Woodruff. Um, he also made, wrote a, a dumbed-down version. He wrote that book, and everyone said, that's really hard to read. And so he wrote a book called what, is Jesus, what Jesus Means When He Says the Spirit, or What the Spirit Jesus Talks About, or something like that. It's an easier-to-handle version of that book. Um, great, great book. Tim Woodruff, Spirit, Amazon it. You'll get it in a couple of minutes. Um, a drone will fly it straight into your face. Uh, so, uh, we have, that's what I mean when I say spirit. Because I was, I, I was raised in a place where the spirit was just the text. And you had to read the text to figure out what, what you were supposed to do. How you were supposed to live. And as a teenager, it was pretty easy. Uh, you were supposed to not drink. Supposed to not uh, smoke cigarettes, or anything else, I found out later. But they just said cigarettes, which was funny. I, I don't know if you remember this whenever growing, you were growing up, but you would walk out, you'd walk out the front, and there would be a group of deacons typically just smoking away. I thought that's why we were called Campbellites. But, uh, <laughs> but it's Campbell, not Camel. Anyway, I always thought it'd be funny to go out there with just a flask filled with water. Just drink it with them. We've all got our vices, am I right? But anyway. But we were supposed to, as teenagers, we were supposed to not drink. We were supposed to not, uh, there were certain words you couldn't say. If you didn't say those words, then you were a Christian. You had Christian language. Uh, You weren't supposed to have any, any premarital relationships that were inappropriate uh, and you had to figure out what exactly that meant, and uh, you weren't supposed to really dance, and if you did dance, you had to dance like the tango. Um, actually, the tangos, no, don't do the tango. The waltz. <laughs> no flowers in the mouths in Church of Christ people. What is that? That's not the tango. Is that the tango? Okay, got it. All right, you were supposed, there was a list of things you were supposed to not to do, and you were supposed to read the Bible, and you would learn, don't do those things. And that's how you became a Christian. Spirit led you, the Bible, Spirit led you to be a Christian. And that didn't work too well. Because I'd read my Bible and try to figure out, well, I've got to be a Christian. I've got to not drink more. How do you be, be a Christian more when the definition of Christianity is not drinking and not smoking? And so I, uh, I read the Bible and what I found is that I am trying hard, but... I keep failing because you read the Bible more, all of a sudden Jesus talks, is talking about worry as if it's a sin. And Jesus is talking about, uh, about anger as if it's a sin. Not just, not just murder anymore, it's anger. And not just adultery, it's lust. It's not, just, it's not just doing the thing, it's thinking about, really thinking about doing the thing. And that's, that was really hard. And what I found was that I was trying trying, trying, and failing, failing, failing. I would try, fail, repent, and repeat. 
He would just do that again and again. It was this cycle that I couldn't get out of trying, failing, repenting, repeating. Just, God, I'm not good enough. And uh, I'll be honest with you, church doesn't help when you're in that cycle. Because you go to church and maybe you know what it feels like to be the most spiritually puny person on the pew. Just look around and everyone seems like they've got it all together. And you know, you just know I am the one, I'm the, it feels like I'm the only one here failing over and over again. I'm the only one in the cycle of try, fail, re, re, repent, repeat. Remember your cycle, Benjamin. I'm the only one. That's what it feels like. Now that's a whole, that's a completely different sermon altogether. But the, the church would be good. Let, let's just suffice it to say this. We need to stop, as church members, stop pretending to be people we aren't when we show up. Because it is impossible to have community with a room full of mannequins. It is impossible for us, for people to walk in and feel like they can connect with us whenever we are just some shiny veneer and plastic surface. So let's give that up. Because there are people here today, and you're probably one of them, that feel, feels like I, I'm the only one who doesn't have it all together. I worry constantly. I'm angry at little things. I'm a horrible dad when I'm tired. That one was me. We, we are all wrestling with something, and we are all failing at it. Because we have been taught to try and try harder and then try again and get up, dust yourself off, get back in there, try once more and we just keep failing and failing and failing. You know what it feels like for Paul to say this. Romans 7. Now listen, I'm going to start reading this and you're going to say, oh, oh, I'm getting lost. That's okay. Get lost in it. Just just let, let the... Hear it if, if reading it makes you try to evaluate it. Just hear it. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. They, they're opposite sides of, um, of the field. For, the, for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. For I know what good itself does not... For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This I keep doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is a sin living in me that does it. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature am a slave to the law of sin. You have two masters living in you. And Paul here says, I've got this, I got this thing. I want to do the things that I want to do, but I don't do those things. And I don't want to do the things I do, but I keep doing them. The Apostle Paul, those of you with Catholic backgrounds, Saint Paul feels this way. It is, I mean, it is a, a mess to have this in you and say, oh, I just, I, oh, man, I, I want to do this thing and this good thing, but I just can't seem to do it. I, I am at war 
within myself. And this is how Paul ends it. But thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature a slave to the law of sin. Therefore, he goes on, starts actually, I think, one of the greatest chapters in all of the Bible, Romans 8. This is how he starts it. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, notice he doesn't say there's no, no condemnation for those who have figured it out and started living a little better, maybe trying a little harder. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. We are living by the Spirit. Whenever the Spirit lives in us and with us and through us and around us, it can change your life. You won't, it won't be a trying sort of thing anymore. You won't be trying and trying and failing and failing. Now, you may, you'll have moments where you try, and you'll have moments where you fail, and you'll get up and you'll say, man, that was rough, that was awful. But then the forgiveness of Jesus Christ can trump any failure you have in your life. It's the Spirit that we live by. The Spirit that... that produces within us something bigger than ourselves. So Paul says this in Galatians. Same author, same topic. Live by the Spirit, I say, and do not gratify the desires of the flesh. The word live there, uh, the word is, uh, it essentially means y'all walk. It's like when I'm talking to my, my kids and want them to come on. I would say that. Um, to, to them. Both y'all need to walk. It's imperative. Peripatete. It's really fun to say in Greek. But I may have just made that word up. You have no idea. <laughs> I didn't. Um, but y'all walk. Or he's saying walk by the Spirit. That's a way of saying live by the Spirit. You pattern your life, your path after the Spirit, I say. And do not gratify the desires of the flesh. For what the flesh desires is opposed to the spirit. And what the spirit desires is opposed to the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to prevent you from doing what you want. You've got a war going on and it wants you to not do what you want to do. Because some of our desires are holy. I want to be a good dad. I want to be a great husband. I want to be like Jesus. I want to be giving. I want to be patient. I want to be kind. I want to be loving. I want to be peaceful. I want to be self-controlled. But I've got this battle within me that keeps me from doing what I want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not subject to that law. Now the works of the flesh are obvious. Here, I mean, it's apparent what the works of the flesh are. Fornication, impurity, licentiousness, you know, that. Idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, quarrels, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. The, look around the world. Carousing is the best translation of that word I could find. I searched and I found it. NRSV saved me today. If you're reading from an NIV, that's a tough word to say in front of a bunch of people. Uh, carousing, all, all these things are, are, are evident. This is what the flesh produces. Now, here's something that's interesting to me. 
Uh, I've been a part of churches where we don't we say the spirit is uh, a thing that's in the Bible, and it's not something that's live. It's not something you can live by. It's not something that you can that can live within you. And in places where the spirit has been reduced to words on a page, what I find in these places are works of flesh, and they are evident. Notice what he says here. It's not just idolatry and sorcery and licentiousness and, and, and drunkenness and carousing. But look at this middle section. Enmities, strife, jealousy, anger, quarrels, dissensions, factions. Do these not describe our movement? It probably describes a lot of movements, I'm pretty sure. It describes us. There's an old joke, I'm going to make like a church of Christ and split. Yeah, no one laughed because it hurts. And it hurts because it's true. These dissensions and factions, these are flesh. This is when man decides, man decides I'm going to try hard and I'm going to try, I'm going to try my best and I look around and people aren't trying as hard as me and they're not coming to the same conclusions that I am and I'm trying hard so me and them must be different so you get out and I'll stay over here and we're, we're trying to figure out who's right. But when you live by the Spirit, the Spirit produces something else. He says, I am warning you, I, as I warned you before, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. When we live by our flesh and only live by our flesh, it will be very difficult to inherit the kingdom of God. We have got to come out of our fleshly desires, which can be uh, trumped up as uh, riotous living, but it also can be trumped up as religious living. We can have fleshly desires that produce in us riotousness or religiousness. We can be angry and jealous and envious and create factions and and create divisions both in the outside world and in the religious world. And it's all works of the flesh. It It is all produced from our own desires. By contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desire. I have crucified myself because I belong to Christ Jesus. And the Spirit, when the Spirit lives in in me, what I find is that I'm no longer trying, then failing, and then repenting, and then repeating. What I find is I'm producing. I'm no longer just this failure of someone flailing about in a pool, but I am producing fruit from the waters of salvation. I'm being nourished by the Spirit, and I am producing love. Notice, the the works of the flesh are works, but the Spirit does not produce works. The Spirit produces fruit. Fruit here is singular. It's hard to tell in the English because we don't have the word fruits. You see, that's one fruit, and that's a bunch of fruit. Fruits here, Paul is saying, 
that if you live by the Spirit, you will produce in yourself, or the Spirit will produce within you, fruit that will be beautiful. You are just a recipient of it. It's just produced within you. So, so we're going to talk about love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and generosity and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. We're going to talk about all those things. But before we do, what I want you to start thinking about is these are not things that I'm going to have to try harder to do. That the trick is to connect with the Spirit of God and let God start producing this stuff in you. And yes, reading your Bible is a great way to connect with the Spirit of God, but I would argue that we have, we, we have free entrance into the kingdom of God, into the throne room of the Creator, to talk with Him in the name of Jesus, and yet we don't do it as much as any of us would like. I think uh, this has a little bit to do with, we, we think, I, oh, I woke up late, I got pray on the way to work. Pray on the way home. Pray while you're working. I think I've said this before, but on my good days, my good days, pray in the morning. For me, it helps to not say amen. If this doesn't help you at all, then, then let it go. But for me, it helps to say a prayer and then not end it. Just start being quiet. Start eating. Um start getting ready for work, so whatever. That way, I'm, I, I, I feel like the prayer, the prayer switch is still on. And you train yourself to have God examine your thoughts. And you just keep an open communication. And so now you don't have to say, so, okay, Dear God, thank you for your age, in Jesus' name. I've got a structure. There's no structure. I can just say, I'm impatient today. Why is that? That's a prayer. You're, you're acknowledging that God can hear your thoughts and can hear your speech and that he can see your actions and that your life, your steps, your language can be prayer. The more you do that, the more fruit will be produced. The more in contact you will be with the Spirit. It's just going to happen. And it will be slow and it will be painful at times. There's nothing I found. We'll get to self-control at the very last. Right before we make our New Year's resolutions, we're going to preach on self-control. It real, it's true. We'll get to self-control at the very end. After Christmas and Thanksgiving, so there you go. Uh, we have, when we get to all these things, we, it, we'll find that it is, it is the, the answer is let the Spirit come. And so we're going to talk about practical ways to love and to... And how important loving is and how the virtues, we're going to talk about those in our lives. But the answer to being better at all of these is not trying harder. 
not gritting our teeth and squinting our eyes and just trying to love. It's just, I would argue it's just prayer. Consistent interaction with the God who wants to be present with you. And when God is present with us, we call that spirit. And the spirit that that the fruit that that spirit produces is love. It's joy, unending joy. It's peace. It's patience. Oh, heaven, help us. We need peace and patience. Kindness. Uh, some translations say goodness. Goodness is such a vague word that that, uh, ver- that word could be translated generosity. We're going to run with that. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, self-control, gentleness. That's going to produce in you something beautiful. See, when we're trying and failing and repenting and repeating, our Christianity can be summed up by the clothes we wear, and that's pretty much it. I can put a bumper sticker on my car. I can put a what, what would Jesus do bracelet on my wrist. I always thought that was funny because I know one thing he wouldn't do is market a saying about him and sell millions of dollars worth of bracelets. Right? No? Is that just me? Uh, but we, 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 we can kind of, maybe even we can start languaging ourselves differently. We can start saying different words and talking different ways, but when you're living by the Spirit, they will know you are Christians by your love. They will know you are Christians by your generosity, by your kindness, by your joy, by your patience, by your... It's just going to be beautiful. You're, You're a tree that's producing a fruit that has all sorts of beauty to it. That fruit is only produced when we live by the Spirit and stop trying to work out things. When we stop trying and failing and repenting and repeating and we start producing, that, cha- that will change your life. Then all of a sudden, you're just, you are a better husband. You are a better wife. You are a better father, you are a better mother, you are a better child, you're a better grandparent, you're a better employee, you're a better employer, but not because you've been trying harder, but because the Spirit has been uh, renovating the premises, and it's starting to look better. So, don't walk out of here and start saying, I've got to start trying harder to pray, but missing the point. Just acknowledge that God is present. Acknowledge that you can talk to him. That's two simple steps. You just have to think it. And then start. Start talking. Let God in on your life and let him remodel a messed up, failed project. If you've never come into contact with the Spirit of God, if you've never had, um, if you've never united with Jesus, you, you've just been saying, have you ever heard someone say, I'm, I try to be good, you know what that comes always next, but uh, you, that's, the, that's the problem. 
is you're trying and failing and repenting and repeating. Jesus has called us to his side and once we are saved by no work of our own, but by the grace of Jesus Christ through faith, we are united with Jesus through baptism. What we find is we'll start producing. And we won't take any of the glory. But we can only point to the Savior who is doing the producing, the Spirit who is doing the producing within us. If you need to unite with that Spirit today, please come forward while we stand and sing.